Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover. My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen. And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So Gina? Yes, Sonia? I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I am Gina, and with me always is the beautiful who just consented to being recorded for this meeting, Sonia. Hey, Gina. (laughs) I really appreciate that Zoom laid out all the options for us uh, before we started recording and made sure I really wanted to do this. And I just have to say, I do. I want to be here. And it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you, too. You, too. I feel like a little bit more time has passed since our last recording because we've both been super busy Mm -hmm. and we had a holiday weekend. So it's just been crazy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Really crazy. Yeah. And I was a little thrown off. Apparently Zoom has a new feature where when I hit record, it announced that this meeting was being recorded and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) We were both like, who is this? Is there a third person on our call? It was just the Zoom lady. It was just the Zoom lady. Well, I'm glad that you consented because I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about Major League today. Um, Before we get into that, and even before we get into our friend share, Sonia, I have a few things to share with you. Okay. That are unrelated to our friend shares. Some business updates, if you will. Maybe, I guess we, yes, I think these can qualify as business updates. The first one is, um, if you recall, our last episode, we talked about the Goonies. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're trying to forget about the Goonies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. (laughs) But I thought you would find this really funny. So you know how I teach a film class? Um, And right now we're doing this like hero's journey project assignment, basically. And I and I had my students pick a movie of their own and track the 12 steps of the hero's journey throughout the movie. And guess what movie one of my students picked? The Goonies. She picked the Goonies. Not only did she pick the Goonies, but on her worksheet, she added at the bottom, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think that we should watch this movie for the last week of school. And did you say, I want you guys to leave here still liking me? So no, I will not be showing you this movie. I said the opposite. I said, I also like this movie. You're a genius. We're going to watch it. Well, that is so funny. I have to say, um, I think I've said to you a few times that I wish that I was auditing your class. This is not one of those times. Not one of those times where you would like to be a part of the class. I I respect that. And I completely understand. I will not be paying attention to the movie, Mm -hmm. but if they want to watch it, you know what? More power to them. I'll be curious to hear how many people are as excited and then how many others are like, wow, this is not good. You know what? I'm going to report back to you. Yeah, you have I'll to. Let you know. I will. Absolutely. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was that in our last episode, you were really excited because you were going to watch The Woman in the Window. Uh-huh. I also watched The Woman in the Window. It was awful. Oh my God. So awful. I mean, I almost want to do a bonus episode where we talk about The Woman in the Window is that means I'd have to watch it again I was thinking the same thing and it was pretty bad yeah well (laughs) maybe let's when this episode comes out let's do a poll and see if people want us to do it okay 
and we'll let fate decide. And at that point, it'll it. be a while since we le- we first saw it. So maybe it'll be less painful. That's true. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. And I love your idea. All right. We'll Thank put you. it to our listeners. Do you want to hear us trash the woman in the window? We won't be mad with whatever you decide. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're cool either way. So yeah. we're going to roll with it. All right. Okay. Now let's get into our friend share. Friend share. Friend share. All right. So my friend share, I feel like oftentimes I talk about stupid things that I did, but so I have to share with you some really stupid things that I did. (laughs) (laughs) And there's one particular thing I've done twice in the last month. And I think it's because I'm so stressed out and just so exhausted. So twice in the past month, Sonia, I have purchased things at the grocery store and then just left them at the grocery store. Sean just did that. He did? He did. All right. I don't feel so bad, but it was still pretty bad. The first time was I I was at Costco and I bought like, you know, a bunch of stuff, but I also bought like the big thing of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And normally I put it like in the actual cart, but this particular time I put it underneath, you know, in that uh-huh. bottom rack. Yep. And I just completely forgot about it. And what's really sad is that I didn't even realize until a week later that I had done it, that I oh. had not put it in my car and taken it home with me. And I knew, and I didn't even have the receipt with me. So there was nothing I could do. And then this weekend I did the same thing, not at Costco, I was at ShopRite and I bought like you know, regular groceries and then like a refill for hand soap for my bathroom. And then two days later, I was like, wait, I don't remember putting that away. And I never brought it home. I paid for it because it's on the receipt, but I don't know how it didn't make it to my car or to my house. I, I have zero recollection. It's like, it's like, I totally blanked out. It much, it must just be that there's so much going on yeah like in the world and life and stuff yeah I also feel like I I might attribute this last one partly to the fact that you know we're recording now I know this episode is going to come out much later but but we're recording this like just you know maybe almost not even a week after they they removed the ban for wearing face masks Mm-hmm. in public and indoor spaces. So when I was at the grocery store, I didn't have my face mask on, which I was okay with, but I was getting some side eye from people, which, you know, whatever. But I, I was maybe like one of three people that didn't have a mask on and I am fully vaccinated everybody. So it wasn't, I wasn't being reckless or anything, Yeah. but, um, but I think that was stressing me out a little bit. I felt like I felt very much in, in the, in the minority and, and like I was doing something wrong and I just it's wanted so to get hard. out of there. Yeah. It's so hard to know what to do. I just want like someone to tell me exactly what to do really. And that applies to pretty much all aspects of, of life. Right. Like I just want someone (laughs) to tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. (laughs) Um, well, hopefully you won't forget stuff anymore. I hope so too. I need to be more on top of it. Yeah. It's a bummer. I will say that's a good segue into my, my friend share. Um, so my, as always, I have sort of a roundabout way to get to what the actual friend share is, but this weekend was my cousin's bachelorette party. So we went into the city to like do girl stuff and have dinner. And it was my first time in New York since March, 2020. Um, and like my first time seeing uh, some of my cousins in over a year. Um, so it was super, super fun, but also 
like exhausting to socialize for that Mm -hmm. long after I haven't really done that in a long time. And then we had friends over for dinner last night. So then like I, the socializing continued and I will say I haven't laughed that hard as I did like this weekend in a very, very long time, Mm -hmm. but I also haven't socialized really. (laughs) So then I, so I was up really late last night and then all day I've been super exhausted, both from like lack of sleep, but I think also just like energy levels. So Mm -hmm. I was saying to Sean that this episode is possibly going to be hilarious because (laughs) I am like chaotic <laughs> as you know from when we like got on the zoom and then I was like oh the summary's not done <laughs> so just it's both um hopefully a uh hint to how hilarious this episode will be but also a disclaimer that I'm gonna be a mess <laughs> like a true mess also our drink is strong so... oh, I haven't tasted it yet I was waiting <laughs> well um our drink is called a Cooperstown cocktail and Cooperstown of course is where the baseball hall of fame is I think (laughs) it is that is correct (laughs) yes okay so this drink was created at the old Waldorf Astoria hotel back before prohibition Um, and it was made as a tribute to the sporting types from the famed upstate town who used to drop by when they were in the city so this drink is straight alcohol it's gin um, sweet and dry vermouth and orange bitters. And I put a big ice cube in mine because knowing that I'm already crazy, I felt like drinking this without an ice cube was just not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> um, and you, you can put mint in it, but I didn't have any, or maybe I didn't, I left it at the grocery store. You know what? I bought mint and I didn't leave it at the grocery store. Nice. I remembered the mint. Yeah, but it's which is funny because I don't like mint, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna try it with the I mint. wish I I wish I had it. I think it would add a nice flavor, but mm. laziness won out this time. If I had known, I would have given you some because I just have this giant, like it's almost like it feels like a bushel of mint, and I'm not oh. gonna use any of it except for those two little leaves that mm. I put in my drink. Well, maybe you can drop it off at my house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's take a sip of our delicious drink. Cheers Cheers. to baseball. To baseball. Mm, That's good. You know what? That's pretty good. I actually like, it's not like an, I thought the mint would be a little bit more overwhelming, but it's not too bad. I like it. Yeah. And Sonia, this is also really special because I know that we've, there's a discrepancy in when we actually met, but like my first special memory of us together was at a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. I was thinking about what I had asked, actually asked you. And I, maybe we talked about the, um, the running in song, if you were a relief pitcher, but Mm -hmm. I bet I asked you what your at bat song was. You did ask me what my at bat song would be. I want to say that at the time I probably would have answered ain't no holler back girl but I don't know if that song was out yet but I feel like that would be my answer today just it's the first thing that comes to my head like anytime I hear that song I get really pumped up and I just want to dance like an idiot perfect yeah what about you what would your at bat song be mine would be bad company by bad company I love it (laughs) that's awesome Did you know, and I, when I was doing some research, I found out this really fun fact and I actually put a lot of stars in front of it and made it in bold lettering. So I wouldn't miss telling you this, but the movie major league 
is what inspired closers to choose an entrance song. I can totally see why. Right? Isn't that so cool? That is really cool. Yeah. So so this is kind of, this is a special movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we get into it? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Major League, which came out in 1989, written and directed by David S. Ward, starring Tom Berenger as Jake Taylor, Charlie Sheen as Ricky Vaughn, Corbin Burnson as Charles Dorn, Margaret Witten as Rachel Phelps, James Gammon as Lou Brown, Renee Russo as Lynn Wells, and Wesley Snipes as Say Hey, Willie Mays Hayes. And in, and in honor of our Nope Never Saw It tradition, Sonia, I have a list of film titles that are connected to each of these names that I've just read off. So I'm going to share these titles with you. And if it's a movie that you've seen, you're going to say, duh, of course I've seen it. And if not, what do never you say? Said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, nope, never saw it. Okay, perfect. So David S. Ward, he wrote and directed this film. Another movie that he directed, which is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, um, was King Ralph. Nope, never saw it. Okay, it's a terrible. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so (laughs) bad. Um, and And he also wrote The Sting. Nope, never saw it. Okay, that's a fantastic movie. And it was also a musical. I saw it I want to say like two or three years ago, it was at the Paper Mill Playhouse and Harry Connick Jr. starred in it. And it was really good. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on. Tom Berenger also starred in these two movies, The Big Chill. Nope. Never saw it. Platoon. I think I saw that one in school. Okay. Okay. Cool. I mean, how many movies though have I said I've seen in school? Like if I didn't go to school, <laughs> you would never see movies. I've seen really no movies. This is why you need to audit my film class. <laughs> Cause then this is like the only way you're going to see more movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. Charlie Sheen was in th- these two movies, wall street. Uh, maybe. Okay. With Michael Douglas. Greed is good. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if it's like one of those ones that I've seen a lot of clips of. Mm-hmm. Or um, seen the whole movie. Yeah. So okay. can we say maybe I saw it? Okay, maybe. Sure. Um, and then this, another Charlie Sheen movie. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff, but this is, this one is one of my favorites, Hot Shots. Nope, never saw it. Okay, that's a great one. That's like a whole parody on Top Gun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's really funny. All right, Corbin Burnson was in the movie Hello Again. Nope, never saw it. Okay. Margaret Witten was also in The Secret to My Success. Nope, never saw it. Okay, this is The Secret to My Success is also one of my favorite 80s movies. It's with Michael J. Fox. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, this. he's like, comes from a farm and he wants to work in on Wall Street and in finance. And oh, it's just amazing. All right. James Gammon was also in Cold Mountain. Nope, never saw it. Oh, that's such a good movie. All right. And then Renee Russo was in the following two movies, Ransom. Nope, never saw it. And Nightcrawler. Nope, never saw it. Oh, that movie is so creepy. That's what I've heard. Is Jake Gyllenhaal in that? Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. He's so good, but so uncomfortable to watch. (laughs) It's just a very unsettling, but it's such a good movie. All right. And then finally, Wesley Snipes is in these two movies. Wildcats. Nope, never saw it. That's another amazing sports movie from the 80s with Goldie Hawn. She's a female football coach. 
fantastic. And then another one, the next one is White Man Can't Jump. Nope, never saw it. But okay. Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson is in it. Look, I got the right one. I know, I'm so proud <laughs> of you. Okay, so you didn't do as well this time as you've done. I feel like you were on a roll with a lot of our other movies that we've watched lately, but it's okay. I have more to add to the list now. I think I think that I'm only serving a purpose here. Right, this is a win-win. Either you've seen the movies and I love you more or you haven't seen them and then the podcast can go on forever and ever. So I love it. All right. And then moving on to our next segment, the friends connection. Sonia, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have one. Yes. yes. Charlie Sheen was Phoebe's Marine or Navy boyfriend with the chicken box. And then, or she gave it to him. One of them, anyway, they then were very itchy yes. together. And they had to wear those mitts. So they couldn't yeah, the together <laughs> <laughs> themselves. Yeah. I had another friend's connection, but it's a little bit of a stretch, but Wesley Snipes was also in Murder at 1600, mm-hmm. which co-starred Tate Donovan mm-hmm. played Rachel's love interest, Joshua. Mm-hmm. And he also dated Jennifer Aniston, I believe, yeah. in real life. I think they were engaged. They probably might have been engaged. Yeah. 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 Okay. Did you know the episode, sorry, I'm going on a small friend's tangent, but I just I learned it. this and I can't unsee it now. Um, the episode where she and Joshua are dating and they go to his parents' house, mm-hmm. Joshua's dad is played by Matthew Perry's actual dad. And you should just go watch the scene because they are the same person. Really? Mm-hmm. They have the oh. same mannerisms. Like, it's crazy. Oh, my God. I have to check that out. I never knew that was his actual dad. Yeah. I didn't know his dad was an actor. I don't know if he always is or if he just did this guest spot. But it's you, you were going to be like, I cannot believe I didn't realize that. That's super cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you for that fun fact. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Sonia, in our last episode, I asked you what you thought Major League was about and you gave me a plot summary. Are you ready for me to read to you word for word what you said last I'm week? I'm actually pretty excited because you said I was close and I had yeah. no idea what this movie was about. So you were like, basically, and it was funny. I was reading it again before you got on the Zoom and I was like, you know what? She kind of nailed it. <laughs> So here we go. This is your original plot summary for Major League. I know it's about baseball just because it's called Major League. I have to assume it's about a team, a baseball team, and they are probably not very good. Either they're not very good or they're really good. It's going to be one or the other. I'm going to go with they're not very good. And they somehow, by some miracle, get into the playoffs. And then they maybe they have one good player. And then it's just going to be about their playoff journey. I mean, that's pretty good. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which either I'm a genius or like all sports movies sort of follow this (laughs) kind of. A little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah. I'm a genius. Yeah. Duh. Well, I've revised that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's baseball season and the Cleveland Indians prospects are not good. They're losing money and they're losing fans fast. So what better solution than to throw the whole season and move the team? Sounds like a good plan, right? And it seems like it's going to work until a real wild thing gets in the way. Suddenly, it looks more and more like this band of mitzvahs is going to go all the way. (laughs) Oh my God, you're so cute. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I loved it. Thank you. Yay. So... 
I'm excited to hear what you thought of the movie. I mean, I, I've seen this movie so many times. And the first time I saw it, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I'm pretty confident that I saw it with my friend, Julie, who is the same person I saw when Harry met Sally with for the first time, because I just have these memories of her laughing at very specific parts of the movie. And like, you know, like, oh, this part's really funny. You know what I mean? Like, even when I was watching it the other day, I was getting these flashbacks of watching it with her. But I know I've also watched it like a dozen times with my father. And, um, and I've always just loved this movie. I, it's always made me laugh. It's always inspired me. I always get chills in that final game, um, especially when Serrano hits that home run. Like there just, there's so many moments in the film that's even, even watching it again, that still really get to me. And, and I felt like the jokes um, held up in, in a lot of ways still, um, even though this movie is now over 20, no, 30 years old, 30, 40, what's happening? 30 years old? <laughs> When did 99, it come out? 09, 1930, over 30 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fast math. English teacher. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, I enjoyed it. And, and I watched it with Lee and he really liked it too. He actually thought that um, it was going to be like a, like a parody movie. So he wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it to be an, you know, an actual baseball movie, but it was still really funny and, and he really liked it too. So that being said, Sonia, first impressions what did you think of major I, league I liked it I thought it was like you know I, I was joking about how every sports movie sort of follows the same formula but you almost want it to like I feel like one of the things I really loved about it is that when especially when the playoffs start and the team is like really good and they're getting their fan base back like it really I think captured that feeling of being so excited about your sports team doing well and like bringing a city together because you're all rooting for this win, even if you're not necessarily the biggest sports fan, like you can still sort of get caught up in that. And I feel like the movie really captured that feeling well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because so I watched the movie with Sean, as you guys know, I always do. And Mm -hmm. this was many times he's he's seeing a movie for the first time too. Um, but this is a movie he's seen a bunch of times. And actually, as we were watching it, I was like, oh, weren't you watching this movie the other day? Because it was just randomly on TV. And he's like, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> so he was just saying how for him, he felt like the movie didn't really hold up. And like there were so many parts that he thought were really hilarious when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. But then watching it now, he's like, why did I think it was so funny? Um, and earlier today, he's like, I think it's because it was one of the first movies I was allowed to watch where there was a lot of cursing. So I was mm. like, you know so blown away by that or like thought it was so funny because they were using such adult language Mm -hmm. um but I I don't know I thought it was enjoyable it's not I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of all time but I would probably watch it again if it was on tv and I was not doing anything else um which (laughs) for me is a mark (laughs) of a good movie I know when does that Um, happen (laughs) yeah but I really liked it I mean there's there's definitely things that are not realistic about actual like baseball right and of course that's expected um but even just you know one of the things like when um Vaughn is first pitching during training Mm -hmm. um 
you know, he clocks in at like 90, he pitched 96. So I, I had said to Sean, I was like, what's average? Because I feel like I've watched baseball games. I'm like, when they have the speed clock, that's not what it's called, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I feel like I remember it being faster. And he was saying that that's what you'd expect from a starting pitcher. And like, you know, when he was throwing the ball, but he had no control, Sean was basically like, you know, if he was pitching like 106 and had no control, that would make sense. And like, that would be really impressive. And that's something that you have to, to get them to work on. But like 96 for a starting pitcher is sort of what you would expect them to be throwing anyway, but with control, mm-hmm. um, most relievers pitch in the upper nineties. Okay. That's a note I wrote down. Sean is going to listen to this and be like, you messed everything up that I <laughs> say. Well, if that's the case, then in our next episode, we can have a things that kept Sonia up at night segment Mm -hmm. of retraction. I actually read that Charlie Sheen was, um, had been offered a scholarship to pitch at university of Kansas when he Mm. graduated from, cause he was a baseball player in high school and and he was a pitcher and he was actually really, really good. Um, and he was throwing uh, around 85 miles per hour on average while filming this movie um and they said he was throwing like over 100 pitches a day wow you know so he was basically it sounds like you know living the life of a pitcher without actually being a pitcher um and then the baseball players they the actors all attended a baseball boot camp which I thought was pretty cool oh nice I feel like you have to to like make any of it seem somewhat believable right so true because you definitely um, don't want a sports movie where they clearly don't know how to play the sport. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I thought was funny, just like right up top at the beginning of the movie, when the owner is saying that she wants to move the team to Miami, I was like, Miami already has a team. And Sean's like, not when this movie was made, which I didn't realize. <laughs> Who's, who plays for Miami? The Marlins. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel like they've been a team for a really long time, but I guess... I guess not when this movie was I made. I guess not in 1989. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is when they came together. I also read, and you might've found this too, is that um, apparently, so Rachel Phelps is our villain in the film, right? Because she's trying to, you know, it seems like she's trying to derail the team and their progress at any chance she can, because she doesn't want to, this team was left to her because her husband died. You know, we can assume that she was some kind of a gold digger. At least that's what I'm assuming. Um, So now this team and, and the, the responsibilities of being the owner have been left to her. She doesn't want this responsibility. She doesn't want to be in Cleveland. The only way to move them to Miami is to um, have a significant decrease in attendance. Right. Yep. And I'm, and I'm wondering kind of sidebar, like, is that how you would get a team to move if you really, not if you really wanted them to, but is that how it works? I don't know if you know the answer to this. Um, it seems like, I mean, in the movie in particular, it had something to do with like the city contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seemed like they could only move it if the attendance was really low. So I wonder if it just depends on the contract that the team has with the city and there might be different stipulations depending um it's always weird to me when a sports team moves though yeah I guess it doesn't happen very often right like they're one of my favorite movies um which I will make you watch at some point better off dead there are references to the Dodgers and Mm -hmm. when and when that Mm -hmm. movie came 
came out, the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. Yep. Right? And now they're in LA. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like it would be like if the Yankees moved to Texas. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, that would never happen. You can't have Yankees <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> That's okay. You're just naming cities. It's fine. I know. Though so it's weird when they move. Yeah. But anyway, so so back to my point. So um, you know, so like I had said, she's basically the villain of this story because she's the one that's creating the conflict. And I read that originally she's supposed to do this flip at the end. Did you read that too? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and she's supposed to like, before the final game, she admits to, I think it's Charlie, her, you know, the guy who seems to be like her assistant Mm -hmm. that she's been rooting for them the whole time. And she, you know, made sure that these specific players were picked for this reason because she knew that they had something special and they would click together as a team, but they needed that, you know, to face that adversity, which I thought was kind of interesting. So while I was watching the movie this time around, because I read this before I watched it for our podcast, and I was looking for any sort of sign that that could even be a possibility Uh And I'm really glad that they didn't do that because that doesn't make any sense to me why you would do that. (laughs) Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't, to me, I feel like that would derail the whole story. Yeah. I mean, I think it also just makes you appreciate the team themselves more because it's like they, they came together and figured it out. And it wasn't like, you know, they were sort of chosen because this person knew that it was going to end up being this really great team. I think it's better to have them come to that conclusion through their own interactions um, instead of like having this puppet master basically. Um, And then I think it also just makes you like, sometimes you, you have a better time rooting for the underdog when there's someone that you're rooting against too. So I, I agree. I mean, and maybe who knows, like if they, if they did continue with that, with that version, I'm sure there would have been other scenes to give insight into her true motivations yeah. of being encouraging. But I'm sure in watching the movie, um, originally you didn't see any of that because they would have taken that all out. Yeah, that's and I true. also read too that like test audiences basically were the ones that were like, no, keep her bad. Yeah, yeah. Because because without that, then you there isn't really any real adversary in the movie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Even even though like the last game they're playing against the Yankees and, and we know that they've struggled against them all season, the Yankees still aren't they're not a major part of the story mm-hmm. because it's really just about the team. And and that's one of the things that I really love about this movie is that it's not just about one player in particular. It's really about the team. And even in that last game, I really love that each of the players have a moment, you know, uh-huh. that that contributes to the win, which I think is which I thought was really cool, especially um, because I feel like it's such a common trope in sports movies that it all comes down to one play and one player and and the whole entire game rides on that person's shoulders. Yeah. And and I always feel like in, in sports in real life, that's not true at all. Like I remember I in team Gina, there is no I in team, but there is an I in Gina. There is (laughs) 
and Sonia. Oh my goodness. Like I remember, you know, if, if there was, I remember there've been times when if Brian had a a baseball game and, um, and he missed a play or, or messed up and the team lost, you know, he would feel like it was his fault that they lost. And I'd be like, well, what about the fact that all, all these other players struck out? What about the fact that like this person, that your pitcher walked like five people in a row, you know, it's like, it's not all on you, Yeah. you know? And, and I think for any sport that's true, but, and, and I like that this movie doesn't put it all on one player, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's your, it really goes along with that idea. Like you're only as strong as your weakest link, which is, you know, such a cliche line, but it, but it's really true. And then I think that that plays into this story. Yeah. I, this is totally off topic. That's fine. I ha- I took so many notes because like, as I was saying, I sort of was laughing at a lot of the, the movie because it was funny, but a lot of the, the things that I like took notes about were just about Charlie Sheen's appearance. Okay. <laughs> so like, what was that weirdo haircut? Like how it was <laughs> shaved in the back and like pointy section. So I thought that that was insane Mm -hmm. um and then I also liked how there's the scene where they go to a fancy restaurant and I think that's like the first time that you see Jake's lady friend yes but (laughs) Vaughn has a line where he says like I look like a banker in this and I just wrote down (laughs) Vaughn certainly does not look like a banker in his outfit (laughs) no (laughs) because he's just like yeah it's like the ripped sleeves He's got that crazy hair. Yeah. And he's just wearing the tie. And Jake's like, sorry, guys. Sorry, those are the rules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look like a banker in this. Like, have you could seen you, a banker? I know. I mean, could you imagine? I would have loved to have seen, although I'm glad that it's not part of it, when they first arrive at the restaurant and they just look at him and they're like, sorry, ties are mandatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I bet he doesn't even know how to tie the tie. No. no. Oh, of course not. It was no. probably a clip-on tie. Maybe who would he have clipped it onto? I mean, was he even wearing a shirt with a collar? I think it's just around his neck. Oh, maybe he clipped. Maybe his um, his jacket had a collar. His like, maybe we'll have to. I'm gonna have to revisit that. That would be hilarious if it was also a clip-on tie. But I feel like a place like that would just because there's some places I believe, and I'm only saying this because this is what happens in movies, where some places like if they require a jacket or they require a jacket and tie, they'll have extra ones. Yeah. Well, we'll know because when we go to a restaurant that has a piano player, they'll mm-hmm. probably require a jacket or tie. So we okay. can just ask them. That's a really good idea. Like we don't need a jacket or tie because right. we're appropriately dressed, but we just have a question. It's for research. Well, do we want to bring Sean and Lee and have them not wear a jacket and tie and see what happens? Um, I mean, we could try, but I feel like I wouldn't want to be the one not wearing a jacket. I would feel like I made a big mistake. That's true. Yeah. We don't want to put them in that position. That's not really fair. I think we just ask. Okay. All right. Let's do it. We'll just ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, for sure. I feel like all the characters are kind of caricatures, you know, in in their own right. And that's something that I think lends to the comedy of the movie because, and one thing that, that I think is done well in this movie is the fact that we, I feel like I know these characters pretty well or well enough, you know, whereas I, I know there are so many other movies where when you have a, a handful of characters and you want your audience to know them really well, 
sometimes they're for sake of time they might cut back on the development of the characters so you don't feel as connected to them but I don't feel like that in this movie and maybe part of it is because it is a comedy so I'm not expecting to you know feel that closely connected to them but I think that this film does a really good job of telling us right from the beginning who these characters are and what we can expect from them. I agree. I think they did a lot with a short amount of time. Like, you know, certainly some characters are more developed, like Vaughn and Jake are probably the most developed, but even like Dorn and Serrano, is that his Mm -hmm. name? Yeah. Like they have enough screen time that you feel like you know who they are. You feel, even though like Dorn is meant to sort of be the jerk, like Mm -hmm. you kind of are okay with it because there's so much other development in the way that he interacts with his teammates that you're still rooting for him even though he's you know got a big mouth and cheats on his wife but yeah right (laughs) yeah I mean I think I think he does he has somewhat of a redeeming moment at the end um Mm -hmm. yeah no I I think so one of the things that I that I noticed because um I know I don't know if you remember in our Pulp Fiction episode I talked about how sometimes I I like with music, I pay attention to the music, but not the lyrics so much because yeah. I'm so into like the rhythm of stuff and and movies that I've seen at a younger age. I notice that like, as I get older, there are things that I missed when I was younger, partly because I wasn't paying that close attention to the actual lines. And also because I didn't really understand what was being said anyway. Yeah. And one thing that that stood out to me, it was when Jake went to visit Dorn at his house after he tanked that play. Um, you know, and he kind of gets, gives him like what for, and, and the wife answers the door and she's like, and he has, you know, Oh, is Charles here? And she goes, Oh yeah, he's in the solarium. And I was like, what, what the fuck's a solarium? <laughs> so I did look it up. Okay. <laughs> a solarium is a room fitted with extensive areas of glass to admit sunlight. And I just loved that detail that that's how she referred to the room that he was in oh he's in the solarium you know I like i need one of those rooms <laughs> i think everybody should have a room like that yeah but like in my house i think we just called it a den <laughs> you know but did, how, how what was the glass to wall ratio well we had i mean to be fair one wall was just wood paneling the other wall opened into the dining room. So there wasn't really a wall there. And then one wall was like all windows and big sliding glass doors. And then another wall was two big glass windows with a fireplace in between. Mm, and it I just don't know. let in so much light. Well, maybe I it's not enough. Like maybe it's got to be 70%. Maybe. So maybe it didn't qualify as a solarium. And I'm going right. to say the word like that every single well, you- time have to solarium but I loved that I was like the solarium are you serious solarium well because I I guess because it's got the word solar in it right yeah yeah you're like uh yeah I I figured that out 10 minutes ago well no I (laughs) told you I'm slow today (laughs) no it's funny no but it's funny because when I heard the word I was like I don't know what that is and when I typed it into my um my doc my uh google doc I clearly spelled it wrong and so it corrected it for me and I saw the word solar and I was like oh oh to do with light okay oh, sure yeah sure but, sure but and then he and he's watching like the stock market um when we first meet him when he arrives because I think the first time we meet him is when he arrives for um the what do you call it training camp mm-hmm. um 
and, uh, and he comes spring in training, like, spring That's training. It. Thank you. Oh my God. Both of us. <sighs> when he comes for spring training and he rides in like a really fancy car, isn't it like a, um, what do you call it when they, when there's no roof <laughs> convertible? <laughs> Somebody help us. <laughs> he arrives in his convertible and he's got his golf clubs. Like that's what he has. He has, brings his golf clubs to spring training. Yeah. So we know immediately what this guy is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, the first time we see him, he's hungover in Mexico. And then when mm-hmm. he arrives to spring training, I think he does. He, he, com- he comes in a taxi, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. dressed in just like dirty jeans, t-shirt, cheap blazer, you know, so he's kind of like the more down to earth kind of guy, yep. little messed up. Vaughn shows up. Well, first time we see him, he's in prison. Uh, um, I, I think this, <laughs> I can't remember if this was a quote or just something I wrote. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the off season. i'd say that sums it up that sums him up yeah yeah and then when he arrives to spring training he comes in on a motorcycle which he clearly hitchhiked on to get there correct and he's dressed in you know all of the garb that you described and i think and and then serrano comes in all dressed in black and he's you know there's like the voodoo music and Mm -hmm. um by the way do you know who the actor is that plays serrano yes so i knew dennis haysbert burt Haysburg was in the movie and I so I was looking for him and then like an hour into it I was like oh my god that's him yeah Sonia I (laughs) I don't even know how many times I have seen this movie I've seen this movie probably at least 25 times it was not until this viewing when I was doing research that I realized that that was Dennis Haysburg uh-huh no idea the whole, like any other time I've watched it, I never made that connection. Um, he's so good in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I think my favorite, and this is probably my favorite because when I was talking to Lee about it, he pointed something out to me that I did not realize. So when Willie Hayes shows up, say, Hey, mm-hmm. he's, he shows up what I said to Lee, I was saying like, Oh, you know, cause he shows up in like that really fancy Rolls Royce. And then he was like, Gina, that's not a Rolls Royce. He said, that's a Volkswagen Beetle with a fancy grill. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> and I looked oh, it I up. I can't remember. And it is, it's a Beetle. So it's like a Rolls Royce Volkswagen Beetle hybrid, which, and he's dressed in that fancy suit, but it's so perfect for him because there are so many times in the movie where he comes across like he's very sophisticated but he really has no idea what he's doing like back to the restaurant scene where we talked about Vaughn in his banker suit um Willie Hayes you know he's sipping the champagne but then he's like sloshing it around in his mouth so like he's Mm -hmm. trying to be sophisticated but you realize like he he's never been in this kind of environment before yeah and he's not even supposed to be there I know that's the best part (laughs) Which is hilarious. I mean, and, and you know, it's, you know, that he's going to somehow end up on the team, but I think it was clever that the way that they did it, he's like, am I late? And then he's just running so fast. They're like, right. okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. know where you came from or how you got here, but you could stay. Yeah. I also read that in that scene, um, one of the reasons, or I don't know if maybe it was the reason why they filmed that in slow motion was because um, even though Wesley Snipes is a very tremendous athlete he's not that fast 
-hmm. He's actually not very fast. So the reason why they shot that in slow motion was to give the illusion that he was a lot faster than he actually is, which I thought was interesting. I'd say they accomplished their goal. Right. Seems super fast. Yeah. One other thing about the costuming, I just loved Vaughn's glasses. Yes. I mean, I mean, so many things. So first of all, I loved that he even had to wear glasses because as a person who also has bad vision, you know, I feel like I band together with people who also have to wear glasses sometimes or Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, But then I also loved like, so he was, he was wearing those glasses that he just like someone had them. So he was like, I'm going to get something that's more me. And then what he picks are those like big black frames with like a pirate sword on them. (laughs) I'm like, that's more you, but, but I love that. That's what he, he's like this. These are me. These are really me. Like, I wish I could be the person to be like those glasses. Oh, that's me. Like, of course I would wear those. If anyone saw that pair of glasses, they would think those are Sonia's glasses. Yeah. I could see you in those glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should get them. I think you should. I think you could rock those glasses and then cut your hair like him. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a step too far. You know what I'm thinking? I'm just realizing is that once he wears those glasses, there's so many things about his character that, that do change you know, like any, and what I like about his character is that he does, I think his character does have a bit of an arc to it. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, I think maybe they all do in some way, but more so because in that last game, you know, the players that we've been following closely finally have a moment where they, where we see that they're gelling as a team and, and they're actually like doing, making like certain decisions and, to to help win the game but I feel like for him we definitely see some changes like you know we we can tell in the beginning that he's a hothead obviously do we even know why he was in prison I don't think I don't we ever think we do learn that right but we um, I think juvenile delinquent in the off season okay that's why, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> let me refer to my notes right yeah so I mean, I would assume based on the way he behaves at spring training that there's probably there's probably some like aggression there, maybe anger issues, probably got violent somehow um, because we don't see him steal anything. So I don't think he's that kind of a criminal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I bet it would be like a bar fight or something. Yeah, I could totally see that. But once he but once he gets the glasses, it's almost like his character has softened and and like there are two moments that stand out to me where we really see that one of them is when he sleeps with Dorn's wife and then actually feels really bad about it Mm -hmm. you know where he's like I had no idea who she was I swear to god you know and you know regardless of what a jerk Dorn has been to him he still feels bad about what he did yeah because that's still his teammate and like I feel like at that point that relationship is established like your teammates or your brothers yeah and then the other thing, but put a pin in that, because I'm going to come back to that whole okay. Dorn's wife thing. Yep. The other time is when, is when um, the manager, um, Lou, tells him that he's not going to be pitching in that game against the Yankees. And, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's disappointed, but he says, you know what, if, that, if that's what's best for the team. You know, so 
but, and then we see him at the bar and he's drinking and he's really sad, but at least he's not acting out violently. So I yeah. think it's really cool that, that we do see that shift in him. Yeah. It's a total contrast to when he thought he got cut and he like stormed into Lou's office and was like, I can't believe you cut me. And he's like, I didn't, someone's messing with you. Yeah. So back to, so back to Doran's wife. Yep. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay. So I totally get like the, the, I, I'm not, I'm not judging what she did, you know, sleeping. Cause you know, her husband is kind of a dick. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'd be I mean, pissed if, if I saw, I was watching the news to like celebrate my husband and I saw him sneaking out of the room with a lady. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think Sean will ever do that to you, but yeah, <laughs> you'd have every right to be pissed. Yeah. Um, Sean, I'd be mad. Okay. <laughs> Sean (laughs) and then Sonia and I are going to run off to Vegas if it happens yeah we're just looking for a reason we're just looking for a reason nicest guy ever (laughs) (laughs) so she sleeps with Vaughn Mm -hmm. probably knows that Dorn hates him yeah and of all the players on the team he's probably the one that everybody wants to sleep with anyway because you know he's he's wild right Mm -hmm. wild thing fine but then why does she tell her husband and why does she tell him the day right before he's leaving for this huge game that could mean like his career and the future of the team? I mean, because she's pissed and she wants yeah. him to fail. Yeah. That's why I, don't, I that, think that part was a little selfish. I don't condone the cheating on him back. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I think she doesn't care because she's like, you did this and now you're going to like, you think you're this like great star because your team is doing really well and you can do whatever you want. Well, you know what? I'm going to drop this bombshell on you. That's going to mess up your game. Yeah. And surprisingly it doesn't though. Cause he doesn't care. I think, I think that's yeah. a, I mean, like, I think it's like a pride thing, but maybe he doesn't like truly care for her, which is sad, but also I guess not important only because that's not really what the focus of the movie is I think it was like to try to make you think that there was going to be this huge conflict and then it ends up being okay like Dorn punches him and then he's like all right now strike this guy out right over with yay we won the game yeah 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 I do actually like that that didn't become a huge thing Mm -hmm. um and I and I also like that the love story between Jake and Lynn also was more of a backdrop and not the focus of the movie. Um, I heard that there was supposed to be a wedding scene for them, but they took it out because they were like, we don't want the focus of this movie to be them. Yeah. But then why have it at all? The wedding scene or the relationship? The relationship. Yeah. I mean, I have some things to say about that. Do you have things to say about it? Should I go first? You go first. (laughs) I mean, mine is basically just like, why, why? (laughs) yeah right I mean again I've seen this movie so many times and some you know it's interesting like watching these movies now that influenced me at such a young age I can understand why I allowed myself to date jerks because we see so much of this in film not just in some of the movies that we've talked about but other movies that I've revisited over the over the years 
And I'm, and I'm just like, this is why I always chased after guys that were total dickheads because this is what happens in the movies. And I thought this is how it's supposed to be, which yeah, I know cause it shows you the guy that's like, not very nice to you, but then something happens and then he's Prince charming and that's not reality. If he's not nice to you, he's probably not ever going to be nice to you. Yeah. I mean, aside from, you know, what Jake says to her when, when he's trying to win her back. And he, I remember he says to her, you know, what, what, you know, what do you mean? We don't have anything in common. You know, we're, we were both world-class athletes and hot for each other. And that's pretty much all he's got, you know, yeah. that they were both athletes and they had really great sex all the time. Well, and even when he's trying to prove himself by reading Moby Dick, he's reading the comic. Right. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. And Stop you, half-assing it. I know. And did <laughs> you just... notice that like all of them were just reading comics of all the classics? <laughs> like he can't even bring himself to read a real book we were led to understand that he cheated on her several times because they make mention of I think it was a flight attendant that Mm -hmm. he sleeps with in Mexico and then she also talks about how the time when um, they were throwing a surprise party for him and he never first he never showed up to the party but then an attorney showed up to file a paternity suit now, when I was like 12 years old, I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. But as a 43-year-old woman, I get it now. And she said, yeah. you clearly, and he's like, oh, it was a hoax. And she was like, yeah, but you'd clearly been with her. So so we're establishing that there's a pattern yeah. of him cheating on her. Um, and, and I don't really see why, I don't think Tom is so great. But to be fair, like we only see him as a dick because some guy is trying to like get in between him and his fiance. Mm -hmm. So of course he's going to be jealous and he's going to be a jerk. Um, So, but that's all we see of him. So then part of me is questioning Lynn's taste in men in general. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if they just like the producers or writers or whoever included it because they were thinking about like, okay, we're making a sports movie, but like, you know, so our audience is probably dudes mostly. And if they want to go on a date, we need like a rom-com element yeah. for their date because God forbid their date would like baseball. Right. <laughs> so you got to throw, you got to throw a girl in there. So that... I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it felt, it felt out of place to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's always, there's, almost always a little bit of a, of a love story in the, in the background. Um, and I don't mind that it's there, but I just, I needed more reason for her to go back to him other than the fact that they have sex again. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden she decides to break off her engagement. Yeah. You needed the prequel. I needed the prequel. I needed to see that relationship and what, and what it was that she realized she wanted to come back to. Yeah. There should have been some like montage where she had a memory of something and you see why, but I I agree. It didn't sound too convincing. Also, does she never lock her doors? Because, (laughs) okay. So when he follows her to Tom's apartment, 
Okay. And this isn't necessarily that the door wasn't locked, but like if you live in an apartment building where you take an elevator (laughs) that opens up to your apartment, I would assume that the door to the building wouldn't just automatically open up to anybody, you know, so anybody on the street could come in, anybody could just get on an elevator and go up to the Well, he did like sweet talk his way past the doorman. So maybe that's why. Did? I thought he did. I don't think that happens in the movie. What am I thinking of? I don't know. I mean, it would. Oh make my god! Sense I think I'm happened. thinking of an episode of Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where like George Sweet talks the doorman of NBC so he can go talk to the executive. <laughs> oh my god! You know, there's no, there's no sweet talking a doorman scene. He just like follows her. And then, and by the way, I I don't know. And by the way, her license plate, did you see it? It says read. That's what her vanity plate says. I know. So yeah. So he just like goes into the building, takes the elevator that just opens up to Tom's apartment. What? And then the other two times he follows her, or I should say the second time he follows her back to her apartment. And she's just in there and she's sitting on the couch and she's got the big pillow on and she's just probably daydreaming about him because she just saw him play baseball. He just walks in and, and he starts talking to her. Yeah. Homegirl, you got to lock your doors. Right. And then he comes back to her apartment a second time after she's moved out. And he just walks right in. Lady, lock, lock your, your doors. doors. <laughs> um move sort of moving to a separate topic so mm-hmm. him driving to her house in the bullpen car oh my god hilarious and also sean shared he was like that's how the pitchers the relief pitchers used to get driven in by the bullpen cars really? instead of them running in oh which makes sense because now especially now that you said that this movie inspired them to have a song mm-hmm. um it makes sense because if you're just being driven in in the bullpen car you don't don't really need a song because you're just being driven in that's not that cool and oh my gosh you can't walk to the pitcher's mound from uh, maybe they did that for time sake I don't know why they would stop doing that but I feel like I feel like a a good walk from the back of the field to the pitcher's mound is yeah I mean the running is the running is good because you get the energy going right I'm thinking about you running into bittersweet symphony thank you yeah yeah. So as long as you have a kick-ass entrance song, I think you're good to go. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think it would be really cool to walk in to a stadium full of people singing wild thing and dancing and being that. I know that was really me. cool. Yeah. I also I loved that scene though, because like all of that was happening and you can see how nervous he was. Cause he just like walks, he like almost looks unhappy, but he's not. I mean, yeah. maybe he is, but like he just like he's like walking in so slowly. He's got his gigantic glasses on. He's like got sort of got the the uh glove like up by his face. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell how tense he is. And like I almost feel like the juxtaposition of like the crowd being so excited and him walking in like almost seemingly stoically but I think he was mm-hmm. nervous like I just felt like that that scene was so good yeah yeah absolutely I, I I would say like overall I think um for a sports movie and I know Sean had said to you that there were some elements of the movie that were very unrealistic mm-hmm. you know for someone who used to be a pretty big baseball fan. I don't watch the movie and get annoyed because it's not as accurate 
you know? Yeah, and I don't think he, I honestly, I don't think he was annoyed. I think he was just trying to give me things to talk about. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thank John. you. Thank you, darling. <laughs> um, it was also hilarious that the last game was against the Yankees because we're a Yankees family. Yeah. So this was also hilarious. So I was like, you know, how do you feel you're rooting against the Yankees? But then as we're watching the movie on my iPad, he was watching the actual Yankees game. So it was like (laughs) in one reality, he's rooting against the Yankees. In another reality, he is rooting for them. Oh, that's amazing. Which I thought was hilarious. I was like, I need to make sure I mentioned that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I also found, um, just speaking about rooting for teams. So, you know, the whole motivation of Rachel Phelps was Mm -hmm. for the team to do badly so she could move them because I guess she did was it just she didn't want to be in Cleveland anymore yeah okay because I was gonna say like at some point though like when they're doing really well it's sort of counterproductive to root against them but I guess if your whole motivation is you just want to be somewhere else then I get it but I'd I mean I'd rather be somewhere like making a ton of money yeah (laughs) care where I am and why does she have to be in Cleveland? I mean, what does she really do as an owner of the team? Yeah, like you could just, and I mean, baseball season's long, but you could just spend X amount of time. Plus, like they're on the road so much too. Yeah. It feels weird. I don't, I don't understand why she couldn't just move to Miami, especially if they're doing well, then they're going to generate more revenue. Yeah. So she could just move to Miami herself. Or sell yeah. the team. She had a lot of options. She had, she had a, a lot, lot more options, options than what she chose to do. Yeah. The only part of the movie that made me feel a little icky, mm-hmm. speaking of her, was when they had the um, the cardboard cutout of her and they were peeling away mm-hmm. parts of her, her wardrobe. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that I'm noticing in movies from the 80s is, is the treatment of women and how yeah. nowadays that kind of stuff just would not fly. So it, that like that made me feel a little uncomfortable. Um, however, uh, I, I, I do like how despite everything that she takes away from them, they still manage to, um, you know, form this bond and, and, and it does motivate them to do better, which is the opposite of what she was hoping for. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of, I mean, I agree. Like we talked about this in the, there's something about Mary episode, but like, there's just so much stuff now that you couldn't do, or you'd have to do it differently. Um, my final thought, and then maybe we go to the categories. Okay. Um, the other thing I thought that was really cool is in the last game when they're playing the Yankees, the shortstop's number is number two, but that was oh. this was pre-Derek Jeter. Oh, mm-hmm. good catch. Thank you. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, pun totally intended. <laughs> right? See what I did there? <laughs> All right. Should we get into the categories? I think so. Okay, Sonia, before we talk about our categories and share our answers, give us a point recap. I feel... I feel sad because we are stuck. We are stuck. We are stuck. We are stuck. We have not scored a point in three episodes. In three Caroline. episodes? In three episodes. Um, oh, no. I guess two. The last time yeah. we scored a point was during Saving Private Ryan, and that was okay. only one point. Right. So we're at 18. 
<sighs> and it's a critical moment because I'm waiting to suggest a movie. I know. And I'm really excited to know what your suggestion is. And I'm excited to watch a movie that you've picked. Yeah. But yeah. And I, and I'm, again, I don't know how to feel before, before we started recording everybody, Sonia said, I have a good feeling. And then all of a sudden she said, actually, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. We're about to find out. Okay. Let's let's do this together. All right. Let's just, let's just rip this bandaid off and, and get into it. Okay. All right. First category, favorite character. Mm-hmm. I picked as my favorite character, Willie Mays Hayes. Oh my God, Gina. Did we get a the point? The streak is broken. Oh, I got a point. You scored a point. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh my God. I could cry. <laughs> I'm so happy. One point away. All right. So I picked him for a lot of the reasons that I said before. I Aside from, in addition to the fact that once I realized what car he drove to spring training, that was sort of like the tipping point for me because I was, I was going back and forth between Willie Hayes and Serrano, but I think the car was the tipping point for me. But also I love, I love that he bought a hundred pairs of those gloves Uh and he he was like, I got one pair for every base I'm going to steal this season. And I and, love him. Right. And I love that he put them up on his wall. And, and I love that that's used as a visual for the audience to show like how well the team is doing and how much each of the players are growing because yeah. we see, and you know, when we cut back to the wall a few times, we see him hammering more and more gloves. Um, I love that when he, when in spring training, every time he hits a pop-up, he has to do what 20 push-ups mm-hmm. and then in one of their preseason games he does it and then he just drops and does 20 push-ups like that yeah. cracked me up so much what were some he, of the he, reasons that you liked about it I mean you've covered so many of them and I also <laughs> just love Wesley Snipes yes. um but I love I the thing I mean like pretty much like his second minute on screen I was like this is my favorite character Mm because he's just like so genuine and like adorable and like he's the one like when you when you feel like you have imposter syndrome like you feel like you're like that's like him he's just like I know I'm not supposed to be here somehow I'm here Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna keep doing this and it's fine but I loved the scene I loved 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 and it just solidified it and again really early in the movie is after spring training when they find out who gets picked and who's cut and they're like, don't have a reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to just leave the building and be totally cool. And he like goes outside and like dances to himself. (laughs) Like, I was just like, that's exactly, I feel like that's exactly what I would do. I'd be like trying so hard to keep it together and like, you know, have the etiquette that you're supposed to have, but like be really proud of yourself. And yeah have that celebratory moment especially because he was not supposed to be there yeah yeah absolutely and he was so cute every time he was stealing a base he's like I'm going a little further (laughs) yeah yeah right oh and I love when uh when he puts his gloves on and he starts walking off the base I think it was in one of the earlier games with the Yankees and the guy's like where do you think you're going and he goes about 90 feet Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's such a good line or when he where he tries to steal a base and he slides and he doesn't make it (laughs) and the the second base guy's like come on (laughs) and he's giving the finger so good so good just so good okay all right 
Okay. That was exciting. That was really exciting. Mm-hmm. We haven't felt this in a long time. I know, I'm so <laughs> proud of us. Okay. Next category, least favorite character. My least favorite character was Charles Dorn. Okay. Yeah. Because for a lot of the things that we said, I just felt like his character was so selfish. Um, I didn't like how he was picking on Vaughn the whole time for really no reason other than the fact that Vaughn was a rookie. And I get like the whole hazing thing. Um, I didn't like that he was cheating on his wife and dumb enough to get caught on a camera, you know, yeah. on like a news broadcast. Um, I, I, I don't like that he sits in a solarium. <laughs> Even though we want, we both want one now. I don't like that he brings <laughs> golf clubs to spring training. I know, <laughs> but I wouldn't call it a solarium if mm-hmm. I had one. Um, I just, I mean, he has like a little moment of redemption in the end, you know, like he finally like tries in that last game that we see. Uh, but, but I feel like it takes so long for him to get there. And quite frankly, I don't feel like he has a right to be pissed at Vaughn for sleeping with his I agree. Wife. I totally agree with that. So, because he's clearly been cheating on her and why is he not? And she's the one who initiated it. Like, why is he not? Although we don't see that scene. I don't know. There were just a lot of things about him that really bothered me and always bother me whenever I watch the movie. That's fair. Yeah. I went with the obvious character, the obvious villain, Rachel mm-hmm. Phelps. I, I, and I didn't like, I feel bad. Cause it's like one of the only female characters um, but you grow to love this team. So then it's just like sucky when she's still rooting against them and she's upset at the end. And I, I agree. Like I probably wouldn't have wanted them to change her motivation because it, again, like it just makes you love the team more to have somebody who hates them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but for all those reasons, she was my least favorite character. Yeah. I, I almost picked her, but this time, cause whenever I watch the movie, I hate her so much, but for some yeah. reason this time it was, it was so comical to me. Like she was so over the top that I didn't hate her as much as, as I did Dorn. Fair. Yeah. But I, but I, but I agree. She's, you know, she's, she's the villain of the story and yeah, it sucks that she's one of the few female characters, but, and she's the bad guy, but um, yeah. It happens. Yeah. I, I, I feel that. Okay, worst, least convincing performance. Mm-hmm. My answer, I went with, I thought like overall the, the acting in the film was was fine. There wasn't a standout of any character in my, of any actor in my opinion that I thought was terrible. So I went for worst or least convincing performance. I went with Eddie Harris, the older pitcher, just because I didn't buy him at all as Chelsea a major Ross? player. Yes. Is that That's what you picked too? too. <gasps> Thank you, Chelsea Ross, for being so old. He was 47 <laughs> when this movie was made. Right? Oh, my God. Like, the scene where they're in the locker room, and he takes off his shirt, and he's stretching, and and Vaughn is like, what's that shit on your chest? And I'm, and I'm thinking, what about what's going on with all of that? Like, and it's not, and it's not the actor. I feel like it's the choice that they made. They picked it you know, that in this movie made me for years believe that baseball players are not really athletic, like anybody could be a baseball player. And mainly because of that particular character, 
because he's so old for a professional baseball player and so clearly out of shape. I just did not. And like, just his arms are super skinny. I did not buy him as a pitcher. I agree. And Sean, so Sean was saying, cause we were talking about this too. Cause like during the movie, we looked him up cause he was like, that guy is so old. I was like, I know. Yeah. So Sean was saying like, he was basically like, I think, you know, I think that they're trying to show you that the team is not doing well and they don't have a great, like, they don't have the money to spend on players. So they've got sort of this like older washed out, washed up guy, but that's, that's even in like a, a huge exaggeration, like 47. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do like the physical demands. Like I'm 10 years younger than that. And I would be like, I can't. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't play this game. I'm too old. Right. Everything hurts. <laughs> Unless you're Tom Brady. And yes, I said it. All you Tom Brady haters. Mm-hmm. I went to Michigan. But I think, so. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know. I mean, being a quarterback is not easy because like you get sacked and that probably right. is painful, but like you don't have to, I don't know, to be a pitcher. Like that's more, I don't know. Maybe it's not more physically demanding than being. No, I think I I think it's physically demanding. But I think a quarterback has a lot of downtime. Yeah, but I I think those both of those positions are physically demanding in in very different ways. For a pitcher, it's a lot of repetitive movement in, you know, that that's gonna wear on your joints. Yeah. You know, so um, like what is the average lifespan of a professional pitcher? Like, like Mariano Rivera, like how, how, how old is he when he retired? I feel like I should know this. Right. I feel like you should know this too. We should have had Sean as a guest. Damn it. Well, Sean, Sean, (laughs) I'm going to text him a friend. Okay. Text him. That's okay. We can can wait. (laughs) Okay. So pitchers are at their prime in their late twenties. Okay. And then usually when they're in their mid thirties, that's when they're starting to like shut down. Okay. Mariano was 44 when he retired. Okay, wow. But he's like, he's like a god. He's like a god. Yeah. Yeah. He's an anomaly. Sean is calling from downstairs. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) Thanks, Sean. (laughs) He is. So he's an exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the fact that Ed Eddie Harris, that character, is 47 or whatever, or at least the actor was, looks like you can. Right. Like if he had looked younger than maybe, and no, no, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the actor, but like you looked your age. Yeah. Whereas like Tom Berenger, honestly, off the top of my head, I I don't know how old he was when they filmed this movie, but he looks like a ball player that's like in the downswing, right? Like he's nearing the end of his career, but he doesn't look like he's old. Like yeah, he looks like he's probably in his mid to late thirties. I agree. Yeah. You you believe it. You totally, you believe that he's at the end of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Harris, I feel like his career should have ended a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay, Sonia. So we have our 20 points, uh-huh. which means when we finish with our categories, you're going to tell me what movie we're going to watch. I am. I will give you a plot summary, whether mm-hmm. I've seen the movie or not. Yep. This is really exciting. Now, um, we had decided that if we earn any additional points, those go toward our next 20 point tally, correct? Yes. Every time we hit a 20 or a multiple of 20, it's my turn. Awesome. All right. 
So best performance, I picked Dennis Haysbert as Serrano um, because partly because I had no idea that that was Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> I feel like he was he, so good. You didn't even know he's it was him. so good in this role. <laughs> he just took on this role so well. He just like melted into it. But I, I, I really love, and again, I had said that he was runner up for my favorite character, which is partly why I picked him for best performance. But I feel like Serrano, that that's such a great role. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, it's not the lead of the film, but there's something about that character that um, is just really compelling. You know, even though it's, he's such a caricature in so many ways, um, I really like the vibe that he brings to the team. I really like that he is this tremendous hitter, except for when he hits a curveball. Um, <laughs> And, and, and I just love the, the final game when he finally decides, you know, screw you, Jobu, I'm just going to do it myself, you know, okay. and he, and he sort of takes that agency and then he hits this ball way out of the park. And what's, what's cool is that I read that Dennis Haysbert actually hit a home run. Oh my God. And he was so surprised that when he's running around the bases and he's holding on to the bat, he, he was so shocked that he actually hit a home run that he forgot to throw the bat away, Aww, um, I which I, that. right. Which was so adorable. But then I was, I was wondering, cause I forget what the rule is. If you don't, if you run with your bat, do, do you get thrown out? Like, does John? We really should have just had Sean on as a guest. I know, I know we really should have. <laughs> we can, we can come back to that, but um, no, I just, I, I just really enjoyed his performance. Um, and I, and I, and I enjoy that character. Um, I think it adds, I think that character adds some color to the, to the team and in terms of personality. Um, and again, I, I think it's a great character who has these tremendous strengths but are trying to work through, he's trying to work through this flaw. And even though he's more of a minor character, I still think that his, the way he played the role made it so big and so important to the story. Totally. I mean, yeah. he's definitely like of the characters, he's definitely more in the background, but he had such a presence. Right, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Um, I think my answer is a little controversial because okay. this person was essentially playing themselves, but okay. I feel like in some ways that's harder. Ooh. So I chose Bob Euchre. Oh, I love it. Um, so for so many reasons, because I think if someone was like, can you just like play yourself in a movie? I'd be like <laughs> totally unable to do it because <laughs> you feel silly. You feel so silly. And I think he, you know, when we were watching, I was like, is this guy a real announcer? And Sean's like, yeah, that's Bob Euchre. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. But he also ad-libbed a lot of stuff. Um, So like there's one scene where he like, you know, he's it's funny, too, because he's like meant to be this like checked out announcer. So he's like always drinking during the games and stuff. But Mm -hmm. you see him get more and more excited as the team starts to do better and better. And as I was saying before, like one of the things I loved about the movie so much was how it really captures that feeling of following a team and like growing with them. And I think he even as the announcer did that um yeah. but there's one scene where he's like drinking whiskey and he like puts it on his ear or something like he made that up as like a character 
choice. Um, and and one of the best lines in the movie is the just a bit outside. Yeah. And <laughs> that was completely made up. Yeah. Um, so I loved him. Every time he was on the screen, I was totally captivated. Right. Oh, I love that answer. Just Yay. a bit outside. Just a bit outside. Um, I also love his color man. <laughs> you got anything to add? No. No. I got nothing. Not the best color man in the business for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I love that. All right. You lost me at, we already talked about this, but my answer was Lynn actually entertaining the idea of getting back together with Jake. That was okay, what you lost me at. So mine is the whole love story. Okay. So I feel like that's a point. I mean, I kind of do too. Right. Like, why, as we were saying, why? It yeah. added nothing to the movie for me. Yes. Yes. All right. I don't think we need to get into that any further because we already dove into that earlier. Big time. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, you had me at is actually Bob Euchre and the Indian fans. Oh, that's so funny. I know, right? So I love that that was your choice for best performance. Um, but I, I, he was my, you had me at for all of the reasons that you said. I, I love that a lot of his lines were ad lib. And I agree, like, I really like how he starts as this kind of checked out announcer. And then as the team does better, you can see him getting more excited about it. And, and that moment when they win the game and his like, the Indians win it, the Indians win it. Oh my God, the, like chills. Uh every single time. Um, And I added Indian fans to that because one of the things that I also really love about this film, and you had mentioned this, is how the team brings the community together. And I really like how the movie starts with the stands pretty empty, but you have those, those four fans, the ones that dress up in the Indian garb and um, which I understand today would not be in a film, um, you know, but, and they've got their, their drum and everything. Um, and I love that they're like, Hey, Johnny, maybe we should do one of those waves. And it's just like, you know, like three of them and one of them doesn't even bother standing up and they get into that whole, that whole, um, when, uh, when the Yankees in one of the earlier games, when the Yankees hitter hits a home run and then one guy's like, oh, too high, too high. And then they get into this debate about what does that mean? Too high, you know, yeah. and, they're like, oh, and like keep cutting back to them because the trajectory of the ball. Um, and because I think that it's really important to have for teams to have those diehard fans, those loyal fans that are going to be there no matter what. Like I went to, I went to university of Michigan and football was huge there and I was in the marching bands I was in all the games and whenever Michigan was losing a game people would pile out of the stands and and I remember my friend Jess and I whenever we'd watch we'd be at the games and we'd see people leaving and she'd be like oh we have so many fair weather fans you know like Mm -hmm. but then but you always have but then there's like those few people that stick around no matter what they're going to be there no matter what happens in the game and I and I love that there is that core of fans that we see in the movie that are those loyal fans that are there no matter what. Um, And it's just so cool to see how that fan base grows. Even like, we didn't mention these, but those, um, you know, as we get move into the different acts of the movie, we have like the, it's the, the two um, groundskeepers Uh and the construction worker. One of the construction workers is the guy from Scrubs. Yes, correct. The janitor, right? Yep. Yep. 
Um, and then the guys that are in the diner, mm-hmm. you know, like these don't look too good. Like who are these fucking guys? You know, yeah. they're shitty. And, and, uh, and like, as the team starts to grow, like their comments on the team change and we I see thought that was so clever, right? I thought that was really clever. Um, and, and even we notice, you know, more people wearing Indian, um, uh, paraphernalia. So we see, we see them, that culture kind of like spreading through, through Cleveland. And by the way, Cleveland is awesome. I've never been there. Cleveland is so cool. I used, I, I worked for, um, this program called inward bound where we, where we um, worked with habitat for humanity. So like I once spent an entire summer in Cleveland, Cleveland is awesome. Everybody there is so nice. Um, it's just a really cool place to be. So, so Rachel Phelps, give Cleveland a chance. Yeah. Go back to Miami. Right. Or just get out of Cleveland. Cleveland Cleveland doesn't need you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your, you had me at. (laughs) My, you had me at moment was essentially the whole final game, but Mm -hmm. especially the wild thing entrance. Oh yeah. You know, I love a jam. Yeah. And when a jam is set to like a moment in a movie, that's, I mean, a moment because clearly I don't watch movies, but you know, I like focus on the music so much always. I loved that. And then I had described before, like I thought Charlie Sheen's performance in that scene was fantastic. How he's just so, so, so nervous. Um, I did notice though, I mean, in, in each of the relief pitchers did it instead of the running in, they would all walk in slowly. But of course it's also because in the film, the amount of space that they had to cover was way less than in an actual baseball field when you like, you have limited time to get to the mound and you, so you actually do need to run in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I love that scene. Like I kind of want to just watch it again. Right. Right now. It gives it there. There's so many moments in that final game. And that is definitely one of them where I just get chills. Yeah. 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 And that's, and again, that's something that I love about this movie is that each of these players that we've been following has their moment, which I think is so cool. And it's, and it's, and it's spread out and it's really awesome. Yeah. All right. Favorite line. Sonia, you actually mentioned this line when we first started talking about the movie. My favorite line is I look like a banker in this. Oh. <laughs> I love that line so much. And you know, it, it was hard to pick. At first, it was hard to pick a favorite line because there's so many, there's so many funny lines in the movie. But I think for all of the reasons that you said earlier, it's just so funny because he's in this like sleeveless leather jacket. And I, I don't know what he's wearing. I know we're still undecided about what was going on under the leather jacket. And then he's just got a tie on and he's so uncomfortable. And just the funny, he's like, I look like a banker in this. Like, like, have you ever no. seen a banker? Yeah, you, you really don't. You really if that's don't. your concern. <laughs> I'd say you look like the opposite of a banker. And like, so I think the tie makes you look even less like a banker. (laughs) Okay. My line is the last, okay. So I'm going to read an exchange of lines, but my favorite line is the last one I'm going to say. So this is an exchange between Taylor and Dorn. Mm -hmm. And it's after they find out what Rachel Phelps's motivation was for all Mm -hmm. of this. So Taylor says, well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. Dorn says, what's that? And Taylor says, win the whole fucking thing. That was my runner up. Oh my God. I know. Well, when he said that line, I wanted to like stand up and slow clap. Right? Oh, that is such a good slow clap line. 
That is a good line. Yeah. I love that line because that, I think that's the line that seals like the win for them, you know, like not the win, but it, but it, that's the line that brings them all together. Yeah. Yeah. So, like we all have, like our goal was to win, but now it's for real. Right. Yeah. It's like now we, cause now they're, cause now they know what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I like, because, and that's a moment where they could all just say, oh, well, this is what she has in store. She's taken everything away from us. There's nothing we can do, but instead, yeah, instead. Yeah, Jake's we're not like, giving that no. be the satisfaction. Yeah. So Sonia, you said that you would watch this movie again. I would, at least the wild thing scene. Right. <laughs> but if it was on TV and, you know, Sean was watching it, I'd sit down and not be like, can you change the channel? Yeah. be like, are we near the wild thing scene? <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to that part yet? God, I look like a banker right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we scored two, no, three points. We scored three mm-hmm. points. So we have our 20 points mm-hmm. plus one that we will count into our tally for our next episode which is crazy because like I feel like 21 is my lucky number really mm-hmm. oh I didn't know that and so now we're at 21 and it's my turn to choose oh my gosh so Sonia what movie did you choose I'm really excited I know I'm so nervous <laughs> okay so this is like my favorite movie really of all time okay I would say maybe I have two. So this is one and then two. The next one will probably be the next one. Okay. Maybe not. We'll see. We're going to watch uh-huh. Face Off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have a fun fact about that movie that I will wait to tell you when we record this episode. All right. I'm going to give a plot summary. Yep. Okay. If I remember correctly, John Travolta is a cop or detective or something. And Nick Cage is this really terrible criminal that John Travolta has been trying to chase. Um, And somehow they uh, end up in some science lab and someone comes up with the great idea of, hey, let's give John Travolta Nicolas Cage's face so that he can infiltrate his posse and we can find out what like their next bad thing is that they're going to do. And so he does. And then Nick Cage wakes up and takes John Travolta's face <laughs> and things happen. They face off. They face off. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm That's your so favorite movie. Excited. I love <laughs> love this movie so much. Oh my god. What does All this right. say about me? <laughs> I'm I don't even know, but I cannot wait to talk about It's going to be so good. This movie, it's going to be legendary. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of How I Met Your Mother. I wait, so I didn't do it right. It's going to be legend. Wait for wait it. For it dairy yep okay all right well that's the end of our episode don't forget to follow us on instagram at nnsipod and if you enjoy our podcast tell your friends they can find us on anchor apple Podcasts, and spotify like and subscribe and all the things and join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about face off we'll see you then because we've got lots more to watch And I've seen nothing. So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye.